Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode 141 of Fourth and John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn, and we were talking about the aftermath of a tie. <laughs> a tie, folks. But at the end of the day, I think Eagle fans, you know, we have to accept some things. You know, on Sunday, the Eagles did not lose, but they sure as hell didn't win with the Eagles fan base on Sunday after tying with the Bengals. You know, it's weird. Like, you have a coach who has a, a book entitled Fearless. But on Sunday, Doug Peterson decided to take the easy way out. I mean, if, if he was to write a book about Sunday's performance, it would be scared shitless. Because at the end of the day, the sign that you left on the door is, for this Eagles nation, is that you didn't believe in your team to try and kick a field goal. Talking about a field goal kicker in Jake Elliott, who's kicked a 61-yarder before to right a season versus the Giants. You're talking about a kicker who kicked a 60-yarder in, in warm-ups. Leading up to that, that punt, <laughs> it seemed like this offense was scared. Playing for a field goal versus being aggressive. And, and it's just weird to see Doug not being aggressive because that's what we've grown to love about Doug's game. It's just something about Doug that Eagle fans have grown to love about what he stands for. It's what Eagle fans have grown to love about Doug in his nature, whether it be going back to the the Ravens game and having a young Carson Wentz and the, the, the ball game is tied and he goes for two. It's about Going forward in the Super Bowl with the Philly special, it's about being fearless at the end of the day. I mean, what did what did they do on the sideline? Did they say, you want to do, want to do it? Let's go punty-punty? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Like, what, what part of that is, is normal for us to see Doug Peterson opt out? And in reality, it's, I'm going to quote Lauren Hill. How are you going to win when you ate right within? This Philadelphia Eagles team is not right within. Obviously, injuries are a thing. But, again, 
The Super Bowl was three years ago. We cannot continue to live in the past. Eagles are 18, 16, and one with one playoff win since. So we have to get back and trend in the right direction. And we're gonna we're gonna need, we're gonna need Carson Wentz to be that guy. And if we're looking at Carson Wentz, uh, Carson Wentz has the most turnovers in the NFL with seven. Tied for the most NFL interceptions, he's got six. He's got the worst NFL rating, 63.9. Worst start of his career, 0-2-1. He's got the fewest yards per temp, 5.6. He's tied for the most, third most in sacks. He's got the fifth worst completion percentage, 59.9. So at the end of the day, Carson Wentz has to have a man in the mirror moment. He's the guy that has got to write the ship for the Eagles, and it's got to start soon, Evan. How are you feeling? Gail, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, you, you write a book called Fearless, and you would expect that you would have a fearless person that wrote that book, a fearless person that's leading this team. I don't know where that man went, but he's he's completely lost. And this Eagles team that follows him is also completely lost. The Eagles' last interception was week 17 of last year. Our QB has the third lowest QBR in the entire league, 35.5. We have a great running back, Gail, who's currently averaging five yards a carry. But we eventually take the ball out of his hands. We have a stud rookie wide receiver. He looks great. He's super fast, can beat corners. But ended up getting hurt a couple games ago, and then we take 10 days to put him on the IR, and that pushes his return back at least another three weeks. Uh, We still have no offensive coordinator, and we have a coach that insists on keeping the play-calling duties, even though that his play-calling is more vanilla than his favorite flavor of ice cream. And that same head coach just has no grasp on this locker room. But uh, hey, this is Philadelphia, and bad things happen, guy. (laughs) <laughs> Am I right? I mean, I I don't know what to say, Gail. Uh, we had such uh, – the reality and our expectations didn't line up at all this year. I really did expect the Eagles and the Cowboys to kind of dominate the NFC East. I thought it was going to be a two-horse race the entire year. Washington and New York, I thought, would just kind of be irrelevant. They're still growing teams. But I thought the Eagles and the Cowboys – have been developing for years now and the pieces are in place and they should be good to go. Uh, right now it it looks like it could very easily I mean the Cowboys don't have a significant lead uh, on us in the division by any means, but they have a more put together team and that's very evident. And like the Eagles just there's nothing they can get going on Sundays. The offense just Like Carson's missing throws that are just like, I I don't get it, man. It's like a five-yard throw in in a screen, whatever, man. Throwing behind Deshaun Jackson instead of hitting him in stride so that he can get up the field. Like those types of plays. And if you can't do the simple things, how does anyone expect the Eagles to be able to do the hard things? Yeah, we talked about it so many times over the last week. His ball placement has been a super issue. Like I can I can recall all the times that he's he's missed, whether it's him being booed by <laughs> made up fans, fans. Yeah. On, a, on a third and five to uh Earth, whether it's Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field versus Rams uh, going up, screen pass to Boston Scott. 
Miles Sanders up the sideline for potential game-changing play where he scores a touchdown. He's wide open, just missing guys on screen passes left and right. To me, our layup, dude, those are layup throws. You ask any quarterback, I don't care what Doug says. I, I, I wish that Jimmy Kemsky would have said, Coach Peterson was like, have you ever been an NFL coach? And Doug Peterson says, yeah. And then Kemsky would put one like, well, then act like it, okay? Act like it. Act like it with your football team because you're, you're, you're the guy that's leading this charge. And I think there's this, this weird thing going on with Carson Wentz and Coach Peterson at this time because obviously, you know, he, he made mention of like kind of like dumbing down what they're doing on offense. So it makes it easier for Carson Wentz. That's not the first time we've heard that either. Yeah, taking some of his responsibilities. And it's kind of like a a backhanded compliment, basically saying that, you know, you're not smart enough to pick up what we're doing right now. It's too much on your plate, so we're going to make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. One part of it that I like, and I've been made mention, if you ever sat next to me in a game, I'm always like, you know, bring up the tempo. Because that's where Carson Wentz, win so if if you're coach peterson you know that t- tempo was a thing that carson Wentz succeeds at why aren't you doing that more to get him in rhythm like if we're going to do tempo you, you could also do more runs with miles sanders wow what a thought i mean it's something we keep talking about game after game and it's not we're, we're not trying to make carson Wentz a game manager but we are trying to limit his mistakes and make him feel comfortable. The more comfortable Carson Wentz, the better his rhythm gets. So moving forward, Doug, if you're going to put your players in, in a position to succeed, if you know your quarterback is struggling, you as the guy who's leading the charge, calling the plays, work to his comfort area. He's having a problem with ball placement or reading the whole field. I mean, the, the scary part is when you go back and watch the film, it gets wor- it gets worse. Like you watch the games and you're like, let me let me go watch the film, all 22 and like, God, it gets worse because he's missing players. So if, if you're talking about cutting down the field for him and giving him easier reads, it's like I can't even say that sentence knowing that he's being paid well. That doesn't sit well with me because I'm like, mm-hmm. you got to read the field, dude. You got to see these guys that are wide open. You know, he showed off some of that mobility. Showed off some guts. You know, that was an amazing play where he dove. That fearless air quotes, Doug, that fearless Carson Wentz, that's what Carson Wentz is. Like, whatever you have to do to get Carson back to being Carson, that's exactly what you have to do. It's just it's just upsetting that – um, you know, You know who's watching these highlights and is low-key kind of like grinning through all, all of our pain right now? Number five, man. We were so quick to, <laughs> to to say when Carson came here, we see his talent, and we were so quick as a fan base to say that Carson is going to ultimately be the greatest Eagles quarterback that we've ever had. That's highly in question at this point, man. There's people talking about they don't know if Carson Wentz obviously has a contract extension that he just signed, but talking about this could potentially be his last contract here. He could The Eagles could eventually move on from him. 
he could be playing in another place some point in his career. These are all things that we never even really thought of as a fan base. We all just kind of latched on to, okay, we picked Carson Wentz as the number two overall pick. We're going to ride him out for his entire career. He's going to be a career eagle because he's this great, magnificent quarterback. When this year he's shown signs of regression. And if you want to deny that, I'm sorry, but you're being foolish that like he's taken clear steps back and blame coach Peterson, blame lack of offensive coordinator, blame car, blame whoever you want to blame. But the fact is that the quarterback has regressed, whether Doug Peterson can dial up a game plan that is going to help reverse that and help Carson bring up the tempo. And we start to see more success out of this offense. I don't know. I hope that's what happens. But at the current trajectory that we're heading at right now, we are in store for an ugly-ass long season and a lot of questions at the end of it. Do, do I think he can get back right? I, I think Carson Wentz, you know, the, the mechanics, his footwork, it looks sloppy. His footwork needs, is a mess it, right it, now. It needs to be tightened the way that he's missing. Confidence is major. And, and prior to, to the draft and us sitting there – prior to the second round, the Eagles created this environment. They knew what might happen. You know, you know, obviously you call Carson Wentz, just want to let you know, man, we're going to draft a quarterback in the second round. Uh, you know, you got your money, you're good. You know, there's a potential out with Carson Wentz. You know, there's a potential out. What, is, what does Jalen rep- represent in hindsight? Like, does Jalen represent – uh, you know, he fits the budget, man, for the next couple of years. That's cool. Six million for the rest of his uh, career here, his rookie contract. That's right. cool. You're saving money. But does he really represent that or does he re- represent, since you get injured, you've gotten injured, is he a potential starting caliber, caliber quarterback or is he a potential next quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? When you saw – Vic on the field with McNabb. Oh, that's cute. Are we doing some trickery? The quarterback in the slot? Oh, that's kind of cool. Taysom Hill with the, with the Saints? He's going to be the next quarterback. Now, is Jalen Hurts a a gadget quarterback? Are they just getting him on the field? Is he doing the dirty work that Carson Wentz can't really do as much? They don't want him to run the ball. They don't want to get him hurt. So, are they going to bring Jalen Hurts on the field to Get those dirty yards running. I guess he's a, he can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, he had thirteen hundred yards rushing. Yeah, Sooners. So I mean, there's a lot of whole. There's a lot of questions. And I, I think th- I think it's going to come down to uh, like what's going to be a real determiner is going to be like when he starts throwing passes. We've really only seen him used as a gadget player for run plays and stuff like that. If he starts slinging the ball and it's super accurate compared to what Carson Wentz has been doing. I'm not saying that Doug Peterson's going to be quick to pull the trigger, but I know this fan base will be, and they'll be calling for it. We'll be like, oh, man, you see how he could put that ball right on the money? You know who's not doing that this year? Number 11. Yeah, and, I, and then I go back to that environment. Eagles, you created this QB factory environment. Oh, my God. That, you, and that, that's – go ahead, finish your point. And you, you created this. Now, if your quarterback can't handle pressure – I go back to the whole, you know, Bill Walsh and bringing in Steve Young when you had Joe Montana and, and doing that to light a fire under Montana. I mean, we're not, Carson Wentz isn't Montana. 
and I don't believe Hurts is Steve Young, but if Hurts is creating that much tension behind Carson Wentz, what does that say about Carson? Like, this is the same guy who was very truthful about watching Nick Foles take this team to the Super Bowl and how he had to pray about this, how, how, how he had to draw strength to not be jealous of his friend. And that a competitor is going to be is a competitor, but if you're in the second round, you see potential talent, see potential offensive linemen. There's a lot of potential players that you could brought in, and they bring in a quarterback. If you're Carson Wentz, I'm feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. But from what you've seen, Evan, do you feel this has affected Carson Wentz's game? I do. I think that like the the common factor that is here, like going into this year, Carson Wentz, to our knowledge, is 100% healthy. So we were under the impression that Carson Wentz is going to be coming out just ready to go. And for a guy who has twice as many interceptions as he does touchdowns right now, he's obviously there, there's something that's up in his game, whether it's physical or whether it's mental. Being as how... He's been cleared medically. I would say that it's not his health. I would say it's in his head. I would say that is 100% in his head where like this foul play is coming from. If that's the case, that honestly shows a not that much mental strength, not that much being able to put up with adversity. And that's something that we thought Carson will could do. I mean, he's North Dakota boy, you know, we thought he's North Dakota tough. I don't know if all these years of of like having a quarterback behind him as well has has kind of like chipped away at that confidence. I don't know if, you know, he he did have Nick Foles behind him after he won the Super Bowl and people anytime Carson messed up, that would be something that some of the fan base would say is like, you know, what why not have Foles out there? But all in all, he's healthy and he's not playing well and we got a second round quarterback behind him. I, I can only do the math and come to the conclusion that it's weighing on him mentally. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because this argument goes back and forth between Cowboy fans and Eagle fans. <laughs> it's it, it will never die. The Dak versus Wentz conversation. But, I mean, look at these numbers right now. So far, Dak is better than Carson in the following. Completion percentage. Yards per attempt, passing yards, more rushing yards, more passing touchdowns, more rushing touchdowns, more fourth quarterback comebacks, more game-winning drives, passer rating, QBR, playoff wins, head-to-head versus Carson. He's got less turnovers, and he has more total wins. I mean, that to me, it pains me to even say that. Just you just, but you know, I, I feel like it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, my guy. But Carson Wentz, like before the season, I I was telling people this is the elite year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where he has the potential to be elite MVP type season. This is what I you know, and for me to be so off on that, like I, I'm usually feel like I have a good read on this team. I usually have a good feel for who they might pick. I usually have a – but Carson Wentz has let me down 
tremendously. Mm-hmm. I say that with a capital T. I mean, and it's and it's like a disappointed black father. <laughs> Carson, your black father is highly, highly <laughs> disappointed in your play so far. But I, I'm I'm going to be honest. I I feel like he can get back to being Carson if the play calling can get better and he gets comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it, see a little bit of a rhythm in that Cincinnati game. There was maybe a string of like mm-hmm. a couple drives. We saw him get in a rhythm and the offense looked decent. And then like, that's the thing I just can't wrap my head around with this team is Doug Peterson, like going away from the things that work. I don't get it. Miles Sanders is averaging five yards a clip right now with his rushes. Why are you taking the ball out of his hands? I don't yeah. get it. They talk about some of the fatigue that Miles Sanders might have been going through. But I'm like, no, I don't want it's it's like what third and five, they're now on the goal line. The defense is showing you that they're not really playing the run here. They're playing the pass. It's like the numbers are almost even, I I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clements are on the field. So it was a perfect opportunity to either run two times to get, you know, or run close to get to uh, the goal line. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a QB sneak with Carson Wentz. It's a fourth and one or something. Right. This defense has been run on mm-hmm. all day long. Why don't you just run right run there? But he calls a play where I'm looking at the, the play concept. I'm like, what? The, you know, you fake it to Clement, who he could have actually ran. Yeah. They gave it to him. Look at the route combinations. You know, you have uh, Zach Hurts on the bottom. How can you not, Doug, put in like a rub concept and, and get one of those guys open? Like, have a better – you're like, Doug, man, what what is going on with the play calling? And Doug is known for being a good designer of plays. We've seen it in the past, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I just feel like he just over – you know, I, I keep it simple, stupid. How about that? How about that march down the field during overtime as well? When you have the big play that gets you almost to, to Ertz, that gets you almost in field goal range, and then you move nothing but backwards because of penalties. Dude, I really like when, when he connected with Ertz, I was like, oh, like we're going to win this game. We're going to put, we're going to run the ball a couple times yep. and we're, we're going to get a little bit closer. Like when, when Ertz caught that ball, he was pretty much right at the line to where like um, where Elliot's max distance would be. And I'm like, okay, so you got that first down, pound the ball three more times, get as close to that field goal as you can kick the field goal. We do nothing but move backwards on ba- eventually back onto our own side of the field. What the hell, dude? This team can't keep a rhythm for anything. It looks like me on a dance floor, honestly. It's got no rhythm. <laughs> Is that bad, Evan? It's pretty bad. But tell me if you had this thought at all this week. Because it was something that really just like, I don't know how I didn't see it when it happened. But you remember the Dream Team? When you think Dream Team, you think of that whole disaster. Vince Young utters the term Dream Team during a press conference and for that year, we got all excited until, you know, that blew up in our faces. I got to tell you, QB Factory feels exactly the same way. I get the exact same vibes from QB Factory as I did from Dream Team. Yeah, QB Factory was one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard said by uh, a GM. Like, for our GM. Like, I I, just, I expect more from how I – for him to say that, I'm like, come on, Rev. Like, what are, what are we doing here? Yep. I think at this 
very moment, I think Lurie is looking at his head coach. He's, he's looking at his, his GM. He's thinking about maybe we need to have a football guy in here who really take control and relinquish his final say. Maybe they're thinking about Wentz at this very moment. I think they, they gave him that money for a reason. And obviously they see him as the future. I think, I believe, you know, offensively, it's just Doug Peterson runs this offense. You know, this Eagles offense this season, first half, you know, 46 to 38 uh, in points. After halftime, 13 to 49. We're being outscored in the half. It's insane. 13 points. In the last three games, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? Like that tell me that tells me your offense is stale. That t- tells me your offense offense can't get it done. Play calling might be an issue. Go back to the conversation with uh, was it Rich Sherman when he was talking about the Eagles' offense and how easily it was able to defend when they could just double Ertz and play and know what's coming down the pike. You look at the last week of the season, the Eagles starting wide receivers at the end of the season, Deontay Burnett, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, and Robert Davis. <laughs> week three, in 2020, we have Deontay Burnett, J.J. who was in action. Nowhere to be found, yeah. Greg Ward and John Hightower. So from a GM standpoint, you talk about the position that we're in. Obviously, players got injured, but that's the reality. That's the reality. What's on the field for your starting quarterback? So, I can't you know, figure we, out for the life of me what is going on with Jay Jaw either, man. That that's a separate issue in itself. That's a, that's a whole reality show. That could yeah. be like a ESPN thirty for thirty. Like what? What is going on, dude? We are we are in desperate need of wide receivers, and he can't find his way on the field. It's until we get last year. We will we will now on this podcast refer to him as Jay Naw. Jay Naw. No Jay Naw. Jay Naw. Because something is something's going on weird with 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 Jay Naw. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the disconnect is. I've seen him, but I still don't even have faith in. They're using him correctly. Just run him on slants, dude. That's where he's successful at. When was the last time you saw them throw a jump ball to J.J.? Maybe that one in the Rams game was supposed to be a jump ball, but, you know. It's like people – that's like a a superhero having superpowers, but you're not using the superpower that you have the superhero for. Not to say he's a superhero, but his one thing is – Jump balls. Yeah, his right, one thing catching slants and moving chains. Why not use him there? I, he's got the body to box out players. I, I've seen him do it in the Ravens preseason game against starting caliber. Doug, Doug seems to, to not really care what your strengths are. He seems to just care about running his offense the way he wants to run it, and it doesn't seem to cater to people's strengths at all. That's what I'm like. You gotta you gotta let players succeed and do what they do best. And we're, we're hoping that they do their best versus the San Francisco 49ers, who are, you know. We're catching them at the right time. They're 2-1. and one, They're banged up, injured squad. They're having a, a little uh, QB controversy over there. We're, we're wondering, Garoppolo might be coming back. 
Nick Mullins has, has, has shown out as well. So mm-hmm. I think our defensive line should eat again. Like I, I feel like we're, we're playing at the right time. We're like the injured dog, not the hungry dog, but the injured dog. <laughs> and if they kick us at the right time, we will bite back. And this For is sure. I feel like this is a bite back game. Obviously, uh, we're favored. They're favored by what six points at this moment. We're favored by six points. I find that hard to believe. No, they're they're favored. Yeah. By six. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we're expected to lose this one. You know, we're, we're crossing the crossing the country. We're having a tough time. We got the underdog masks on. This is the get right game. Are you feeling that? I'm praying for it, Gail. <laughs> I'm I mean, praying that worse. that's the case, huh? You you catch a L, you catch a L here, oh three and one, dude. Yeah, that's it's just like it's the just... thing is, Gail. I I've been giving no, I've been given nothing this year to give me any confidence in this team whatsoever. So the fir- the first three games of the year is not exactly a layup per se, but like it's easier than the stretch of games that we're heading into. Uh, we're staring down the barrel of the 49ers, the Steelers, and the Ravens. And I saw our I saw a 27 unanswered points against the Washington football team. And honestly, a Bengals team that just had their way with us. The entire regardless of the fact that it ended as a tie, that game felt like a loss the entire game. So if you give me those two awful teams that are clearly putrid teams. And we have to scratch and claw and fight our way through them. Why Why do I expect that we're going to perform very well against 49ers, the Steelers, and the Ravens? Other than the fact that the Eagles seem to play up uh, whenever the, their competition is better. That's the, that's the only reason I could think of. Yeah, I mean, the back's up against the wall at this moment. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, this is where they win games. So it's like, I don't know. Think about the quote from Brandon Graham on the 0-2-1 start. He says, since I've been here, as soon as things go bad, people want to start panicking. We ain't panicking. News for you, Brandon. Eagle fans are panicking. And if, if hey, if you guys get got your back against the wall, and this is where you come out and this is where you turn it all around, please do so for our mental health because we need you. What did you think about you in the worst way? What did you think about Miles Sanders' statement yesterday as well? P- pretty much saying, uh, you know, if if you're not rooting for us now, don't be rooting for us then when we're, uh, you know, we bring this back. I, th- I think it's a different, different day and age. You know, younger players are they're on their phone, they're they're on social media, they see everything. You know, they look up their name. Mm-hmm. They can't help it, or they they, they see what's going on, but. Eagle fans, we, we're going to be here before and after some of these players. I don't take it out on them. I'm just like, it is It is what it is. I'm, I'm going to support you. You know, right. like right. we're here on this podcast supporting Miles Sanders. Of course. Uh, they Eagle fans are just going to tell you like it is if you're not performing up to it. And that's exactly it. Like, I, I don't think that I don't take it to heart what uh, Miles said, but to be angry at the fan base or upset with the fan base simply because we're upset with how the team is performing. I mean, we have every right to be, we've, we've been, we've been looking for this Eagle season as a beacon of hope, this entire pandemic. And then they come out and they're just 
I feel like one of Ode- I feel like one of Odell Beckham's girls right now. I feel like we're just getting shit all over our chest. <laughs> a beacon of nope, right? Yeah, now. beacon of nope with Jane though. Yeah, it's it's like. But I, first of all, I want to thank all the Eagle fans who stopped by the Eagles kickoff live, the pregame show, of course, and came back for the postgame show. It seems like a lot of Eagle fans had a lot to say. It's two weeks in a row that we've had to force ourselves to end shows when Eagle fans just want to keep talking about how they're feeling, about how angry they are, about who they want to trade, who who they want to fire. Yeah. Eagle fans were fired up. And it, it, and it I'm not going to say, it, it hurts to see Eagle fans in that kind of pain after a game. Because as much as that was a tie, that was such a painful loss for us. Because we lost trust. This yep. football team. We're talking about a football team who's two and sixteen in their last eighteen games. We are struggling, struggling, in a Joe Namath voice, struggling <laughs> against the Bengals. And you're afraid, Doug. You're afraid of a team coached by uh, Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't Bill Belichick and the Patriots. This isn't. Jim Harbaugh on the Ravens. This is the Bengals, Doug. And your defense is looking at you side eye. Your players are looking at you side eye on a fourth and seven. Like, why don't we just go for it here? Yeah. You know, it, there's a lot of questions, and now the fan base is looking at you guys side eye. I mean, the, the Raiders, even back in the in the mid 2000s, they said screw it, and they sent out Sebastian Janikowski <laughs> to attempt a 76 yard kick. <laughs> I like I, I don't get how you, you don't Jake Elliott has hit a 61 yarder in his career to for him to 61? for you to be a, yeah for you to be afraid to put him out there for another three yards for a 64 yarder like and think about like okay let's say he misses so th- there's gonna be some time that runs off the clock let's say seven seconds and then all of a sudden they got 12 seconds to go how far you know what I mean they still have to get in field goal range themselves otherwise they're going to be kicking a 64 yarder themselves but sometimes you just gotta give it up give it right. up to God man just just go out there you, you never know what's gonna happen kick it as far as you can Jake like that that's all we're asking and then, and we're just talking talking about taking that chance like you know I think Doug if he, in hindsight, he's looking, he's like, maybe I should kick that. Because then maybe the city would respect me at this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, Doug. Wow. I mean, if if we sent him out there and he missed, obviously we can blame the play calling and the rest of the game that led up to that moment. But, like, at least we're not looking at Doug the way that we're looking at him right now. And that's, that's like scared. It's like a scared little, little boy right now. I mean, usually as an assistant, they have a wheelbarrow and they're like holding his nuts. Right. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that at all. Once this year, there's, there's no wheelbarrow following Doug around. No, he seems shriveled. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Again, it's just funny. Like being on a live stream for like five hours straight and just seeing like, the range of emotions of the Eagle fans. And mm-hmm. you're talking to different fans like from all over the, the world. People are in your DMs and trying to give you their perspective of where they're at in their fandom. And then you, you're just sitting there. Almost worth, you know, this is 
this is how I came up with the my handle Eagle Sessions are, are almost like a therapy sessions because mm-hmm. you're just trying to talk yourself through it. You see Eagle fans posting underneath the posts we put out there on social media. We're just trying to give you the news. Some Eagle fans are like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Like I told the Eagle fan, I said, look, post through it. We're yeah. here for you. We're just going to meme through it. I said, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, yeah, we're going to all get through this together, but that's the state of the fan base right now. You yeah. know, with another injury, we talked Jalen Rager going down. He'll be gone to November, not to quote Wyclef, but he'll be probably gone to November. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate because uh, we wanted to see what he had in the tank early on in the season. We'll probably get Quez Watkins back. Um, maybe Alshon comes back earlier than expected. Sean Jackson's injury isn't as bad as we expected. He's day to day, but you know how that is in Philadelphia. Gail, I know you wanted the new PS5, but uh, you know it's not working right now. But this PS3 working great. Here you go. <laughs> Dallas Goddard, he's got a fracture in his ankle, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he'll probably be out for the next three to four weeks. That could be six weeks in Philly. Mm-hmm. You know, right now it's not sunny in Philadelphia. It is definitely pouring in Philadelphia. And a lot of bad things happen in Philadelphia. That's what I hear. <laughs> you know, let's let's get a score prediction here, Evan. It's the first one of these I'm doing of the year. Right there. Yeah. I'm predicting a 27 to 17, same score as week one, Eagles loss. Wow, another L. Another L. Another L. I'm going to go 27, 24. The Eagles win and get their first win of the season. Speak it into existence. I say that with a sort of confident voice. <laughs> but at this, at this point in our fandom right now, it's definitely a bad state. Again, we're trying to be uh, – Men of the people right, right here and speak speak for some of you fans out there. But I, it's, it's a weird time, though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're still going to be doing uh, the Sunday kickoff lives, the Eagles kickoff live. So be sure to check that out. Uh, 930 on Sunday. Um, and the the post game, it's been like, like Gail said, it's been a great place to vent all of your whether let's hope that we're talking about something positive post game. Uh, but either way, it's going to be great conversation and uh, look forward to it. Yeah, I mean, any, any, any last words of wisdom before you get out of here? I would just say this is more of a message to the Eagles players itself. Okay, we'll take that. Listen, sometimes the best thing to do is just put your head down, shut up, and keep playing. Don't go. I get that, that you're you're fired up about how the fan base is coming at you, but you have to understand you're not giving us – you need to throw us a freaking bone here. We need we need a win. And um, once you do that, you will start to see the support start to flow back in. But you, there's a give and take. Throw me a freaking bone here. So that's it. Yeah. I'll, if I'm going to give any words of wisdom, I, I'll, go, I'll go to Doug. Doug Peterson, uh, you are in charge of this football team. I feel like you have to put your players in the best areas to succeed you should have the pulse on this football team 
if your team catches another L in this type of situation, I, I feel like you might have lost your finger on the pulse. You don't know what's going on with this football team because you're not connecting to the heart of this football team. You know, your quarterback needs you to put him in the right direction. Whether, whether it is to put him in a situations where he's not thinking too much, whether it's putting him in tempo situations, which works to his advantage. I think that's what you got to do, Doug. You got to get your quarterback back on track. You got to get this fan base back on track. And everything will all fall in place when you get a W. And as always, it is fly, Eagles, fly. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.